This is Sam Anderson, lead pastor at Central Church. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. And to keep up with everything happening in our faith community, visit centralchurch.cc. With a statement that empathy fuels connection. Empathy fuels connection because I feel like connection fuels relationship. And I feel like relationship fuels spiritual transformation and discipleship. And so it's a process. And so we're, we're starting this series that we're calling Empathy. And if you do a word study on empathy in the Bible, guess what? It's not there. <laughs> and so we're like, okay, well, how do we talk about empathy? Because empathy is such an umbrella idea and such an umbrella theme, an umbrella concept that goes hand in hand with really following Jesus and being a Christ follower to the world around us. And so we looked at it and we said, well, if empathy fuels connection and connection fuels relationship and relationship fuels spiritual transformation and discipleship, then this is probably something that we should talk about. Because we say all the time, discipleship is essentially just relationship on purpose. It's relationship with a mission, is this idea of discipleship. And so it's no secret that around here, one of our main themes, one of our main mottos, if you go to our website, it's the only thing on our homepage, and it says, God is love, right? And we talk about this all the time. God is love. And we talk about how we are called to receive that love, but we're also called to reflect that love. Being a Christ follower is not only about receiving the love of God, but it's about receiving that love and then also reflecting that love. And we talk about it all the time, but here's the reality. Here's something we don't necessarily talk about all the time, is that receiving God's love is hard. It's hard. And I know TV preachers will tell you it's easy. And I know maybe some of your pastors growing up will tell you that it's easy. Oh, just open your heart. Hallelujah. Let the Lord in. He stands at the door and knocks. Hallelujah. That junk's hard. Receiving God's love is hard. You know why? Because we have to forgive ourselves. And that's not easy. We have to forgive ourselves. We have to care for ourselves. We have to love ourselves before we're able to receive the love of God or receive the love of someone else. And yeah, I know they go hand in hand, but that's a really hard process because, you know, forgiving ourselves is diving in to our past. Caring for ourselves is taking care of ourselves currently. And then loving ourselves is loving ourselves into the future. And that's not easy. That's not an easy thing to just openly receive the love of God. But then at the same time, reflecting the love of God, reflecting God's love, that junk's hard too, right? That's super difficult as well because it takes intentionality. It takes a plan. It takes a direction, not intention. We talked, we've talked about this a few times around here as well, the whole idea of the principle of the path, how direction determines your destination, not your intention. You can intend to go left all day long, but if you're going right, you're going to end up right. And your intention doesn't matter. It's your direction that matters. And so in order to reflect God's love, we can have the best intentions, but unless our direction is heading that way, it's not going to happen. And we all know in our heads that we're called to receive the love of God and reflect the love of God. We know that cognitively. 
And we all want to, to, to love and we all want to be the love of God and be the love of Jesus. And when people see us and say, hey, how can I, you define me in one word? We hope that it would be the word love. You know, I don't think anybody would be like, I want you to define me as a total jerk. Like the biggest jerk you've ever met. I want that to be me in your life. God bless you, brother. Right? I mean, that's, that's not necessarily where our head's at. Our head is, yeah, we want to be this love and we want to do these things, but it's super difficult. It's super hard at times. And so what we want to do here at Central over the next three weeks is we want to spend some time kind of looking at this. Looking at this, this idea of being love, of receiving God's love, and then also reflecting God's love. And we believe that empathy is a great way to do this. And so what we've done is we've kind of broken down this big picture idea of empathy that, that Brene Brown, Brene Brown is a PhD. She's a, a, just this incredibly uh, gifted and a, a smart, intelligent lady who, who talks on shame and guilt and, and empathy and all this sort of stuff. And her work is really cool if you're into this kind of thing. But what she said about empathy, we feel like this can be huge in us receiving God's love and reflecting God's love. And so we've kind of broken down this idea of empathy into sort of three main components that we're going to cover over the next three weeks. And the Bible talks a lot about these three components that come together to create this idea of empathy. And so this week we're going to talk about understanding. Because understanding is foundational to empathy. Understanding is foundational to receiving the love of God and reflecting the love of God. Next week we're going to talk about diversity. Because nobody is the same. Everybody is different. Everybody. Everybody's faith journey has been different. Everybody's socioeconomic situation is different. Everybody's, um, you know, relationship past and relationship journey is different. They're following God is different. Everybody is different. And so we need to look at how diversity comes in to this understanding and this empathy and how we can love such an array of people who are so very vastly different. And then in week three, we're going to look at this idea of unity, this idea of unity in spite of our differences. Unity based on the precursor of understanding, the foundation of understanding. And so what I want to do is I want to pray together, and then we'll begin to unpack this kind of empathy series. And I'm super excited to talk about this stuff. It's going to be really cool. So let's pray. God, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for the time of worship that we get to spend with our brothers and sisters, with our faith family, and we just get to respond to your greatness. We get to respond to who you are and what you've done in our hearts and in our lives. God, this morning, I thank you for the opportunity we have to come together and just hang out with each other, to be encouraged by one another, to be challenged by one another, and to just be in community with each other. And God, I thank you for your word. And I pray this morning as we open your word, I pray that you would illuminate these scriptures, these passages, and that you would make them come alive and real to us. God, I pray that you would use me as an effective mouthpiece for your truth. I pray that we would leave this morning encouraged, challenged, and changed. God, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. So what we're going to do this morning when we're looking at this idea of understanding, this concept of understanding, this, this really spiritual discipline of understanding, is we're going to look in the book of Proverbs. Now, for those of you who uh, actually use a physical Bible, it's about halfway through your, your book, 
Um, it's about halfway through. It's um, sandwiched in this genre called wisdom literature. For those of you who don't know, the Bible is a compilation of 66 different books, and they're all written in different genres, literary forms and literary genres. And so you have like the law, which is like the first, you know, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, which is known as the Pentateuch. And it's like this, this, this law sort of genre. And then you have like the prophets which is all like the, the Hebrew names that you see in like the second half of the New Old Testament. It's like the major prophets and the minor prophets. And this is prophetic literature. These guys are writing in this like prophet kind of mode and that's the way the literature is formed. And then you get to the New Testament. You got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, these are like the gospels. This is like the, the story of Jesus. And so they're telling like a, 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 an account of the life of Christ. And then you have all those uh, letters in the Bible. They're called the epistles. They end with the I-A-N-S. Right? Ephesians, Galatians, Philippians, Colossians, you, you get the picture. Those were actually written by a dude, typically, and they were a letter to a specific church. And so the way that we read those is a certain way. And then the way that we read the end of the, of the New Testament is like this um, apocalyptic literature. And so there's different ways to read it, right? You don't pick up Harry Potter in the dictionary and read them the same way. And so that's kind of how the Bible works as well, all within itself. And so we're going to look at some passages that are out of this segment, out of the literary genre that's known as wisdom literature. Wisdom literature uh, is comprised of Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon in the Old Testament. And so these were like wisdom quotes, wisdom sayings. They were, they were um, shared orally for generations in the Jewish tradition where these people would just share. It's like, hey, listen, um, uh, uh, something that would be a, a current sort of example is when you tell your kids, hey kids, don't eat yellow snow. That's wisdom, right? That is me telling you, don't do it. This is gonna be bad for you. If you listen to me, your life will be better right? And so that's kind of the idea of the wisdom literature in Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, and all of this when they all come together. And so we're looking at the book of Proverbs today. And the book of Proverbs, if you're new to the faith, and if you're new to reading the Bible, and you say, man, Sam says I should read the Bible, and I opened up the book of, you know, Leviticus, and it was awful. Like the Bible was the worst thing I've ever read. Listen, start in Proverbs, Okay? And Proverbs is super simple. There's 31 chapters in Proverbs. There's typically 30 to 31 days in a month. And so read a chapter a day. And these are easy to take in, easy to digest, just wisdom literature, wisdom little things to say, hey, listen, this will make your life better. And this will make you better at life. Okay? So listen to these things. And so in Proverbs, I did a word study. And in the book of Proverbs, there's 31 chapters. The word understanding is used 32 times in 31 chapters. And so understanding is a big deal in this wisdom literature. Understanding is huge if you want to be better at life and make your life better. Understanding is foundational to that. Understanding is the gateway to wisdom. Understanding is going to be the bedrock of being love. And understanding is the bedrock of empathy. Having understanding with people. And so what I want to do, out of all the usage of, uh, uses of understanding in the book of Proverbs, I want to look at two of them this morning. Two specific passages that I think, if we can take what these things say and apply them to our lives, we will be radically and drastically different to the world around us, to our sphere of influence around us. And so the first one I want to look at is in Proverbs chapter 2, verse 2. And I'm using the New Living Translation because I like the way that they say it um, in this passage. And it says this, Tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. Tune your ears to wisdom 
and concentrate on understanding. So let me ask you guys this. How many of you spent some time, even this past week, concentrating on understanding? That's not something we do. That's not something we typically do. Now, my understanding was stretched drastically having nine children in my dorm all week. From sunup to sundown, I'm the sole adult responsibility. I heard it put like this, it feels like herding cats. I would agree. That's what my week was like. And so my understanding was stretched immensely this past week. But how many of us have spent time concentrating on understanding? I mean, concentration is more than just turning your attention to or thinking about it, right? Concentration is like focus, you know? I remember concentrating on like homework in college, right? Or you concentrate on a female that you think is fine. Can I get an amen? Amen. Or a male that you think, I mean, we know this concept of concentration. There is laser focus. When I met my now wife, I was concentrated, I was focused. I was in a fraternity, didn't pay my dues, didn't go to meeting, and lost all my friends because I was focused, right? Don't care about y'all, look at this, right? And I was focused. I was concentrating. My life was like, I don't need to, I, I digress. You know what I'm saying. You guys know what concentration is. How much, how much time do we spend concentrated on understanding? Essentially what this is saying is focus on understanding. Make this something that you spend time and intentionality chasing after. Focus on understanding. When your political buttons are pushed in conversation or on social media, focus on understanding. When you're faced with the other, whatever the other is, if you're a heterosexual and you're faced with a homosexual, if you're a homosexual faced with a heterosexual, if you're a Christian and an atheist or an agnostic or whatever, whatever the other is, whatever the opposite of you is, when you're faced in those situations, focus on understanding. When your boss is being a giant turd, am I allowed to say that in church? Yeah, some people shook their heads no. I already did. Um, focus, when your pastor says turd in church, focus on understanding. (laughs) When someone's snarky or rude or mean to you, and you're like, what the heck? And you want to get all mad and get all offended? Focus on understanding. When something is weird to you, I can't stand the terminology weird. When something is weird or foreign or different to you, focus on understanding. When someone is hurting or in pain or broken, focus on understanding. Because understanding is the foundation of empathy, and empathy is critical in us living love. Empathy is critical in us being able to receive and reflect the love of God. Focus on understanding. I think that is so clutch. That's so huge. There's some real wisdom in that. And then the second passage I want to look at is in Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. And I'm using the NIV version for this one because I like the way they put it. It says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. 
And so it says, okay, so let's, let's follow this like a progression. We need to focus and concentrate on understanding. And then this says, seeking God results in understanding. And so what do we need to really fo- focus on here? We need to focus on seeking God because seeking God results in understanding. And we need to concentrate and focus on understanding. And so these are kind of synonymous with one another. Does that make sense? And so when we're able to see people, all people, people that look like us, think like us, believe like us, vote like us, and people who don't look like us, don't think like us, don't believe like us, don't vote like us. When we see people, all people, through the lens in which God sees people, it changes everything. When we see people the way God sees people, it changes everything about us. It changes everything about our relationships. It changes everything about our interpersonal interactions. It changes everything about everything. When we're able to step back and see people through the lens of Jesus. When we realize the height and the depth and the width of God's unconditional love for a messed up humanity. When we're able to step back and say, the most messed up individuals on this planet, God loves them so much that he sent his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, have everlasting life. The most messed up person you know the most messed up person you've heard of, the most messed up situation that you've ever encountered, when we realize that God loves them just as much as he loves us, that changes things. That changes our perspective. That changes our approach. That changes the way we handle interpersonal relationships. That changes the way we approach our work relationships. That changes the way we approach our family relationships. That changes the way we approach life when we realize the formula that it's grace by faith and not works, when we embrace that equation, it opens up a floodgate of grace inside of us for a messed up humanity. We're no longer setting the bar saying, get your crap together before you can get on my level. When we truly understand God's grace for us, we're able to give God's grace to other people. And it changes everything. It changes everything. Everything. When we realize that John 3.16 is for everybody, Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton, everybody, the talking heads on TV, everybody, the jerk in your office, the mean person at the grocery store, everybody, when we realize that that is for everyone, it gives birth to a compassion inside of us for all people. And we're able to, to, to exhibit and demonstrate this empathy in our conversations and in our lifestyle. When we realize and we step back and see people through the lens of Jesus, when we begin to know the heart of God for humanity, when we seek God, this says, this says the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. When we begin to seek the heart of God and we begin to pattern our lives after the heart of God, our heart begins to take the shape of the heart of God. Our heart begins to break for the things that break the heart of God. Our heart begins to rejoice for the things that make the heart of God rejoice. Our heart begins to bleed for the things that the heart of God bleeds for. And it changes us. Knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. And it says that we need to focus and concentrate on understanding. The more we know God, the deeper we know God, the more intimate our relationship with God, the more capacity we have for understanding. 
the more intimately we know God, the more capacity we have for understanding because God loves and cares and empathizes with everyone unconditionally. Unconditionally. No matter what. Scriptures say that there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. Not height nor depth. Nothing. Yeah, I said nothing. Talking back to... Okay. All right, you win. You win. Maybe you're in here. Maybe you're in here. Okay, I know you're in here. Maybe you're in here this morning. I'm just kidding. It's fine, wherever. I don't even know where that's coming from, but I'm into it. Um, Maybe they're helping me preach this morning. I love it. Maybe you're here and you're hearing this and you're saying, okay, concentrate on understanding. Have understanding for people. I I, I get it. Okay, cool. And maybe you're saying, um, you know, yeah, the more I know God, the more understanding I'll have. But the reality is, the practicality is that there are conditions to your understanding for people. Chances are many of us in this room have conditions on our understanding for people. Here's some telltale signs. If your response is, yeah, 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 I I get it, but why don't they just do it differently? You know, like, I I get it, but um, they shouldn't really feel that way or they shouldn't really react that way or act that way or live that way. You know, I get it, but, um, you know, they need to get their crap together. They need to buck up and move on. I get it, hard childhood, yeah, whatever, but, you know, I rose above and so you should rise above. And so, you know, I get it, but... If our response is, I get it, but chances are there's conditions on your understanding for those people. Chances are you're saying, yeah, okay, you had a hard life, but you're negating your understanding right then and there. And you're placing conditions on your understanding. God doesn't view people that way. It's just understanding. It's understanding. I understand where you are and I love you right where you are. I want to be with you right where you are, and I want to help you right where you are. Let's do this together. That needs to be more of our perspective. More than, yeah, I I, I get you're struggling. I get you made some mistakes. I I get it, but chances are there's conditions on your understanding. And so maybe you're in here this morning, you're like, yeah, my understanding is very conditional. It is. And that's something that maybe we need to work on together. We need to move forward together. Or maybe you're in here this morning, and you just struggle with a lack of understanding altogether. Like, Sam, I hear you, but I don't even get it. I just start with the but, right? I don't even, I don't even get that. I get it, but, no, it's just, uh-uh. And maybe you just lack understanding. Maybe one of the most frequent things that come out of your mouth is, that's weird. That's weird. Guys, we should never say that's weird, ever. That should not be part of our vocabulary because when, what, essentially what you're saying when you say that's weird is saying my perspective is correct and your perspective is wrong. That's what you're saying. There's a complete and total lack of understanding there. And so if you're someone who says that's weird a lot, maybe you need to do an inventory and say, okay, man, where's my understanding at with people? Because just because something's different than what you think or your perspective doesn't mean that it's weird or wrong or negative. It's just different. And that's okay. So maybe some of us in here, are, there's a total lack of understanding. Or maybe some of us in here, our response is, I, I just don't get it. Why would they live that way? I just don't get it. Why would they think that way? I just don't get it. Why would they behave that way? I just don't get it. Why would they choose that? Why would they? And we're not approaching it from a humility standpoint 
of understanding and saying, let me just understand where they're coming from. Let me understand what's going on bigger than what I can see and what I can hear and what I can experience right here. I just don't get it. Why don't homeless people just get a job? I just don't get it. Guys, we need to have a perspective of understanding. We need to have empathy. We need to feel with and for these people. I don't understand how anyone could, and then insert your other. I don't understand how anyone could be an atheist. I don't understand how anyone could be a Catholic. I don't understand how anyone could be a, a Protestant. I don't understand how anyone could be a Lutheran. I don't understand how anybody could do this. I don't understand how anybody could do that. Guys, we're lacking understanding. Imagine if we spent our efforts and our energy following the instructions in Proverbs. Imagine if we took this stuff to heart. Imagine if we spent time concentrating and focusing on understanding. How different would life be? How different would our relationships be? Imagine if we concentrated on understanding in every arena. Concentrated on understanding with our work relationships. If we concentrated on understanding with our family relationships. If we concentrated on understanding in our social media posts. Imagine that. Imagine how different all of that would look. If we had a focus and concentration on understanding. Imagine if we would seek God to gain understanding. Imagine if we were able to step back and begin to see people through the lens of Jesus. Begin to see people how God sees people. With unconditional love. With unmerited grace. With unlimited understanding. Imagine if the church... Imagine if people who called themselves Christ followers actually started doing that. Imagine the place we would have in society. Imagine the influence we would have in our communities. Imagine the influence we would have in our relationships. Imagine how different it could be. Empathy is understanding. It's diversity and it's unity, but it's founded on understanding. And empathy fuels connectivity. And connectivity fuels relationship. And relationship fuels spiritual transformation. And if we want people to be fully devoted followers of Christ, it's going to take some heavy doses of understanding all along the way. Not just out of the gate. Out of the gate, it's going to take some heavy doses of understanding. But it's going to take understanding with each other all the way through. I'm going to need understanding from you. You're going to need understanding from me. There's going to need to be just heavy doses of understanding all throughout if we want to receive the love of Christ and be the love of Christ. Understanding is foundational in that. So if you're in here this morning and you're realizing, man, I, I got some conditional understanding going on. I understand people who fit my framework. I understand people who fit how I think the world should be. I understand those people, but the other people I don't. I want to challenge you and encourage you to focus and concentrate on understanding and to seek God because seeking God, seeking God, the results of seeking God is understanding. Being able to see the world through the lens of Jesus. Maybe you're in here this morning, you completely lack understanding altogether. I want to encourage you and challenge you to say, listen, you need to have some understanding. You need to step it up. You need to seek God because if you're truly seeking God, 
understanding is an automatic byproduct. If you're seeking God and your heart is becoming shaped like the heart of Jesus, understanding is going to flow out of you. Unconditional love, unmerited grace, unlimited understanding. That's the heart of God. And the closer you come to him, the more your heart is going to look like that. And so I would challenge and encourage you to spend more time seeking God. Focus and concentrate on understanding and spend more time seeking God so that you can grow in your understanding. Let's pray together. God, I thank you so much for this morning. I thank you so much for your word. I thank you so much for the wisdom literature that can speak life to us. It can not only make our lives better, but make us better at life. And God, this morning, for those of us in the room who are struggling with conditional understanding, we have understanding for some, but not for others. God, first, let us have grace on ourselves so that we can receive your grace and your forgiveness. And God, help us to make the decision this morning that moving forward, we are going to concentrate and focus on understanding. And that empathy is going to be our MO. Empathy is going to be the banner of our relationships. God, for those of us in here this morning who are lacking understanding altogether, God, I pray that you would spend, you would send your Holy Spirit as a comforter, as a guide through this process. And that each and every one of us would leave this room growing in our understanding, growing in our grace, growing in our forgiveness, growing in our empathy, growing in our love. God, as we draw near to you, you promise to draw near to us. And I pray that you would lead, guide, and direct us through this process. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and you experience life change. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but still want to support this faith community, visit our giving page at centralchurch.cc. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe.